Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 123 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or banners on the oneouter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on oneouter.com website and via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then please email questions at oneouter.com or you can tweet them or post them on Facebook. Alex, episode 123, and we are back. We didn't do last Thursday because there was snowstorms and latest uh, adventures of your uh, hopping around the countries and states and where are we are just now. So give everyone an update, what's going on, where you are, and what's happening. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, this is why Barry gets paid the big bucks. Alex, speak. Yeah. And wind, wind them up before, five minutes before, and then just let them list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hey everybody, it's good to talk with you all. Uh, I am in Montreal right now. It is, there appears to be about a foot of snow outside. Uh, Dennis Peterson just drove through it uh, to go play a 1600 tournament. I didn't have that much cash on me. I probably could have used a couple cards and gotten the buy-in, but I took it as an excuse to just lay around the house all day, drink coffee, and look at the snow and read. It's funny, I I always try to, I don't believe in balance in life. I, I highly doubt, in the words of Dennis Peterson, I highly doubt Bill Gates was that balanced en route to what he accomplished. But at the same time, I do believe there's a right time for everything. And when you're snowed in, you can't exercise. It's kind of dangerous to travel anywhere. You don't have your work computer in front of you, but you do still have electricity. I think that's a pretty optimal time to read and hang out and drink some, drink some gelatinous coffee that Dennis... Uh, <laughs> Dennis is learning... To, Dennis can make a good steak, and he can't make a good cup of coffee. I've never met a guy like that in my life, Barry. But, yeah, anyway, we were cooking steaks the other night, and he helped me, like, uh, uh, I just said like, excuse me, guys, trying trying to be a little bit more of a pro. Y'all, you guys hold me to it, not y'all hold me to it. <laughs> but uh, 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 he used this spice. It was Canadian it, it was maple bacon spice or something on steaks. And honestly, I thought it was going to be too sweet, but it was really good. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he, uh, I've been trying to teach him how to make a good cop, cup of coffee for days and he's been messing it up. We have to take some time to mess with Dennis a bit here on this, uh, this podcast. Cause he almost got us kicked out of the playground, uh, poker club here in Montreal. Uh, so Dennis, uh, 
Dennis has a problem where he plays some great poker, and then randomly he'll open a hand. I don't know. He doesn't seem to be the type to get bored, but he feels as if he needs to do more in order to win. Hmm. And I'm ruthlessly trying to get this out of him. By the way, he played very, very good poker. For We were at the same table the entire day uh, during the main event, and I got to watch him for eight, ten hours, and he played very, very good. But he just opens a little wider than I like. So anyway, he opens, and I, I remember, okay, Dennis can open some BS. And I have, he opens to 2.5x, and I have, let's say, like 4.5 or something like that. I, I, I have no, I can't remember exactly what. It might have been worse, but it was 4.2x. Well, I put my chips in, I don't announce my bet size, because there's always the chance the guy is not going to know what this bet sizing is, right? And he might look at the numbers. Well, it comes around to Dennis. Uh, everybody folds. It comes around to Dennis, and Dennis sits there looking very uncomfortable. And I, I thought, ha, I caught him. Mm-hmm. And But I was thinking he was just saving face before he called. Well, then he folds, and uh, the table erupts because everybody knows we're friends. Okay, first of all, guys, we would have to be the dumbest effing people on planet Earth to think we could get away with that, just so you know. Yeah. Okay? We were talking at every break. We drove in together. Everybody in this card room has seen we were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, I, I said right after pretty much everybody at the table, there were two new guys that got really pissed off. Everybody else at the table that had been there for the last four or five hours said, oh, he probably just messed up. Mm-hmm. And then I said to Dennis, Dennis, what did you think happened? And I almost said something in the middle of a hand uh, akin to, Dennis, you have to call, otherwise they're going to think we're colluding. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and then I thought, well, that's not fair to me. Why do I have to sacrifice a possible edge because these jackasses will be offended, right? Mm-hmm. This is my job. I put in my chips in a specific way so it looked akin to a bigger stack, right? Mm-hmm. And you can, I, you can I, I don't, I believe this is within the rules, but you can cut them out in a certain way that it looks like a bigger stack, or you can put the bigger combination chips next to a color that's similar and hopefully they count it wrong. But if they ever, if he had ever asked me for a count, I would have told him in a second mm-hmm. because then the game's over. But I, I didn't say anything because that's not fair to me. And I ha- it's not more than that. It's not fair to my investors uh, to put myself in a compromising position uh, because, just because, you know, a jackass 22-year-old who's been playing poker for, you know, three weeks thinks he can lecture me, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, Dennis folds. There's an uproar. And the guy goes, one guy's just losing it. Everybody else that's been playing with us the, the whole day is, it, 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 they know what happened. Dennis just did something really stupid. Dennis would have to be a masterful actor to pull off what? He looked, he looked as if he felt as if he were the biggest douchebag who had ever walked the earth mm-hmm. after he folded and somebody got it. Well, he starts telling everybody, okay, I had 4-3. I didn't want to turn it over. I thought I didn't realize it would be such a big deal. Then I said to the guy who was raising the most of a ruckus, I I said, you realize he's a truck driver, right? And I point to Dennis. 
it's not as if this is men to master win and men win pulling their typical routine, (laughs) right? And then I, you know, now I'm kind of heated because I've explained it. I've explained that Dennis does not do this for a living. We should not be making him feel as if, by the way, I know Dennis would love to brag to everybody that he busted me, right? So anyway, uh, two, two guys are really getting honest for that. I said, all right, how about this, buddy? You know, and I was like, we'll give you our cell phones and you can look through our conversations. And if you find anything suspicious, you can report it to the floor. And I said, why don't you call the floor right now? Mm-hmm. So they called the floor. They explained it to the floor. The floor doesn't care. The floor goes, okay, duly noted. After I go, want to go through my cell phone mm-hmm. and see if there's anything going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, they, at that point, do you think Men the Master win if his only language was English would have ever given anybody his cell phone? No. <laughs> in a mil- not in a million years, right? So anyway, I know I've won the argument at this point and proved what really happened, right? And then... Uh, and, Dennis is there looking as if he's going to vomit, right? And there was a bunch of guys next to him. There, there was an old man from Calgary, a uh, really nice guy. And there was another guy who I think was a regular there. He starts defending Dennis because Dennis is just there having fun, and it's his first WPT. I'm getting a little pissed off because it's his first WPT, and sure enough, two people are grilling him for something that was well within the rules, right? In, in, anyway, so I tell this guy, you want to go through my cell phone? He goes, look, it might not have been premeditated, but that's what happened, is you guys colluded. And I, I almost screamed at that point, right? I was yeah. like, oh, so we're guilty of thought crime and you're the arbiter. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? And then instead I said, you know, instead I said, now you're calling me a liar and I don't appreciate that. And, and then sure enough, after we were done at that table, I called the floor over and I went, look, I didn't, I didn't want to be at the table with my friend. Mm-hmm. If you would like this to not happen, maybe when we sign, you know, I didn't say this. We, it was a very polite conversation, but I said, look, if you don't want anything like this happening, maybe the next time we sign up uh, within two minutes of each other, we shouldn't be at the same table. As always happens to me when I go to sign up for a tournament with my friends, so I don't believe it's completely random when that happens. Whereas if we sign up four hours separately, we never sit at the same table. You're punishing us for, sh- for sharing a car. That, that punishes us for... Anyway, the floor was totally cool. Uh, they already knew my name. They already looked me up. And, you know, I didn't say this to the kid. Oh, no, I did say this to the kid. I said, you can look me up. I've been playing live tournaments for 11 years. There tends to be a pattern of this behavior. Mm-hmm. If someone were to engage in this, this isn't an isolated incident you do for 2.5 big blinds. There's usually pretty considerable chip dumping, right? And then in... It, Essentially, yeah, the floor looked me up. They saw there'd never been an infraction before. But I, I, I was pretty heated because that can get you kicked out of a poker room. And this kid was just accusing me of colluding based on nothing. We would have to, that would be the dumbest play in the world. It, it, if we were going to do that, if we were going to cheat, the better play would just be 
when I have 14 X, he raises my big blind. I call and I check jam the flop, and he he folds. Yeah, right? That's yeah. a, that's a mutt. Nobody's going to question that. Mm -hmm. Why would we do this and get the whole world on our ass yeah. for the next two hours? And yeah, so anyway, uh, I don't think that affected me, but it did exhaust me after. I played pretty. I, I played pretty dynamite poker, in my opinion. My but. To give you an idea of how tough a day it was, my biggest hand was ace-queen-high uh, as far as a big pot. I, I called a guy's – a gentleman barreled down. The board was 6-9-4. I raised the button. He three-bet big. I called pre-flop with ace-queen-high. 6-9-4 uh, board. He bets. I called. The turn is a king, and he just bombs it, which makes no sense to me because – He's either setting up the triple barrel all in with a king uh, or a set, or he's just trying to rep the king, and he doesn't realize this bet size is a bit of a tell. And the, the gentleman had made some indications that he was a live player, not an online guy, just based on age and the dealer's familiarity with him and accent. So generally people of that experience level are not going to be they're, they're not triple-barreling king-queen for value there, even if they should. They, they still believe one pair is not the be-all, end-all, because it hurts so bad to go broke with one pair in live poker. So I didn't believe him, so I called half, up to half my chips with ace-queen high on the turn. The river bricked off a two or something akin to that. He took a long time and checked. I checked behind. He announced ace high. I turned over my ace queen. For once in my life, I got the nonchalant flip, right? Whereas usually I turn over one card like an idiot and on accident or something. Uh, but yeah, the guy yelled, what a superhero. And that was, that was pretty much my big hand of the day. Pre everything else I don't think I hit a top pair the entire main event. I don't think I hit anything higher than third pair. If I think about it, no, I didn't. I did not, and I didn't hit any of my draws. I didn't, it, it, nothing. So it was, of course, it's a little dispiriting to, to get here. To give you the idea of my last few days in New York, I, I went with a friend to the Knicks game. And that was fun because I got to see Charles Oakley get into a fight with a police officer, which I never thought I'd get to see, uh, along with the crowd cheering uh, for it. Uh, Charles Oakley, by the way, uh, Barry is about a seven-foot-tall basketball player, 350 pounds. I guess he... I saw the footage of him getting ejected and stuff. It was, like, viral on Twitter or Facebook. I saw it, yeah. Yeah, I was there live for that, and that was an amazing game because the Latvian Kristaps uh, Porzingis was playing, and he was impeccable at the beginning. And it was just a good game. I I go home and you know, okay, I'm you know I'm chilling with my friends. It's like bye bye, you know, every do the hugs. Go to go to the airport. Uh, check my flight in the morning. They say delayed one hour. I get there after a fifty dollar cab ride. Uh, they say it's canceled, sorry. Uh, I take a taxi to the other terminal to see if I can buy a trip into Montreal. As I'm waiting in line to try and buy the ticket, they announce everything's canceled. So I go out. My friend has a 
apartment in Queens. I go there, uh, hang out there, fall asleep, watch some Archer, which I've never watched before. Uh, And, yeah, and in the morning, go out, and they put me on standby for the Montreal flight. And they say you're on standby for the early flight, uh, 7.30 a.m., if you do not get on it, we want you to know there's a great chance you will not get into Montreal. And if I don't get into Montreal, that means I that day I'm not going to play the tournament, right? Uh-huh. And they said because there's supposed to be more snow tonight. So I'm sitting there thinking if I do not get on this flight, I am in this one wing of the airport for 13 hours. Don't forget, I just spent 28 hours in an airport a week ago getting into the country, right? Uh-huh. And... This wing of the airport, Barry, is overcrowded and has about two restaurants. And one's a Panera Bread, the other's an Annie Ann's. And I don't eat carbs that often. So, yeah, anyway, or whatever it was, um, the woman at the front said, there's no chance you're getting on this flight. (laughs) There's too many people. The plane is too small. Uh, they literally sealed the door and said, okay, this flight's about to take off. And then she opened the door, said, there's one more seat. You can come on. And <laughs> I was so happy I got in. And by the way, you know, after all that, you get to the airport, it's it's literally negative degrees out. And uh, I'm I'm freezing. We get to... We, we get to the Airbnb. It's a beautiful place. You, I have to do all this stuff, and then I show up and just don't catch cards for a day. Mm. That's, that's life. That's poker. And I know a lot of people who go, I did all of this to get to Montreal, and it, this is what happened to me. And it, mm-hmm. that, that's real entitled. Also, because you had a harder time getting here than somebody who lives locally, you deserve it more? Come on, dude. <laughs> that doesn't it's make pot, sense. It's the path you have chosen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This place is a funny card room, Barry. It looks as if we are playing cards in a warehouse in the frozen tundra of Siberia. It, it literally looks like that. And uh, But, yeah, once you get inside, it's, uh, it, it's a really nice property. Uh, it, it's, everybody's really nice. I, none of the stereotypes I heard were true. Everybody's been really kind uh, to Dennis and I. Everybody speaks English with us. We've met two people that did not speak English, and they were very kind about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one old woman, just so you could tell, she was, I'm never going to speak English, sorry. But, okay, we were, it was funny to watch Dennis try to parse out what she was saying. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, they, everybody's been really nice to me here. When they, they tell me the bet size is in French and English, I try to say it back in French, and everybody just laughs. But it's the laughing with you, not at you thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it's been, there's so many things you would not know about Montreal if you had not come here. I I saw an American football field with nothing but French signs around it. That is something I have never seen in my life. And then uh, uh, I saw a university that's old as time itself. That was pretty. We went to uh, Schwartz's. Uh, Delhi, and we got poutine and uh, whatever they're smoked. I know what that is, that poutine stuff. I saw a program about that. Is that like the the cheese curds or something? Yeah, cheese curds on top with gravy and spice. Yeah, yeah. 
the, fun, the funniest thing was uh, Dennis and I went to go do that. And De- De- it was mostly Dennis's idea. He, he, Dennis is pretty cool. I said, let's just get poutine wherever. And I thought we were going to go to a local diner or something. He, he goes, oh, no. You know, this. we only really have one Canadian type of food and one famous deli that does it. So we're going there. And I said, okay. Not realizing that we were going to drive through a blizzard mm. in Montreal to get it with a GPS that's reading the names wrong because it, they're all in French. Mm. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was getting really nervous. So you guys think I talk now quite a bit? Imagine me nervous, okay? <laughs> and Dennis is trying to figure out everything. I'm just talking a mile a minute. But, yeah, we found uh, – we finally found uh, – the famous place, and Dennis was fighting with the parking meter. I thought that'd be a great time to selfie bomb him, which I thought would piss him off, but unfortunately it did not. Uh, but, yeah, and the uh, food was amazing. Everybody was really nice. And then we we ate the poutine and the sandwiches, and we're in a food coma, and we go, you know what would be a great idea? What? Let's go play the one hundred and fifty dollars satellite to the sixteen hundred tomorrow. And they're like, okay, let's do it. So, yeah, we went and we played cards, and it was fun. Unfortunately, <laughs> to give you an idea of how great poker is here, I have seventeen thousand to start this hand. Guy on the button blinds are eight hundred, sixteen hundred. He makes it three point five k. I have. Uh, I have a really good read on this guy at this point. I'm pretty convinced. And I think this hand history will uh, will prove this. So I believe this guy, I folded to a few of his jams earlier. I think I'm picking up on he's bluffing too much at this point. So he raises to 3.5K. I have 10-7 offsuit. Normally I would fold here uh, to this raise, but the ante structure was pretty severe. And the... I felt I had a good read on this guy, so I call. Uh, the board comes jack seven three two diamonds. I check. He moves all in for another fifteen k into a six point eight k pot. I go all right, run it. I call, and uh, he turns over eight nine no draw. And I, I just as I was thinking, yes, I block his gut shot turn ten. <laughs> no redraw, no chance. Right, the guy. Didn't even, you know, the guy at the, the guy's just, yes, right? And, you know, I think he said finally. I'm not sure if he did so <laughs> hard with some of their actions. <laughs> yeah. So I looked at my buddy, you know, this kid who's a Jamaican but's been living in Montreal for a while. And I said, you know, in my most aggressive American twang, you know, bust this mother effer, right, to him. <laughs> and then the guy looked really worried and then I just you know I waved my hand and smiled I said I'm just kidding man good luck <laughs> I just wanted to say it right yeah. well it's there's just a lot of things you don't think about here which is I saw a black man and an Asian man speaking fluent French at the table and of course I felt as if um, I was a very ignorant American but I, I'm still very much in North America here this yeah. looks like where I grew, not where I grew up in Alaska, but where I worked in Alaska. But if there was one guy in Alaska who spoke French, he was the guy who spoke French. That was it, right? And he sure as hell was not any other color but white, right? So when you're just 
I'm in North America proper, and I'm I'm seeing these people switch from French to English so fluently. I was wow, I'm dumb. This is well. I'm watching. Uh, I was watching hockey highlights, and it's all in French. And I I don't know why I didn't realize that would be there because even in Scotland, you guys have you guys have BBC Gaelic, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it costs a ton of money that everybody hates, right? In the United Kingdom. Um, it's like, I think it's like BBC Alba or something it's called now. It has like selection, oh, yeah. programs and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, I was trying to get you on a political tangent. Do people get mad that they have to pay for that in the United Kingdom? Uh, well, no, because technically, I mean, it's BBC, so there's BBC Wales as well, which is like Welsh language and stuff. Oh, and cool. Then, uh, and, you know, so it's... Never forget your Welsh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's not a thing that people are like, oh, we pay for this and we pay for that, or you know. Have you ever seen a Welsh ID, Barry? A Welsh ID, like a, a, an ID from Wales? No, I don't think so. No. It looks like a made-up language. It, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, just yeah, no yeah. vowels or anything. It's like G D L L J J. Yeah, 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 yeah. W Y D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. what? Like, I thought the dude was messing with me. I was. I was thinking, this is the most genius fake ID I've ever seen in my life, because no one would doubt it, because mm-hmm. who could make this up? Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, you know, there were, you know, there's French hockey highlights on. If you want the really, you know, the real Quebec uh, French speakers to speak English with you, you bring up hockey. That will get them into it, mm. right? And then... It's so weird. They, they speak fluent French with the full accent, and out of nowhere, they'll speak to you in English, and they sound very North American. And it, they can, in, you know, they can uh, imitate my twang mm-hmm. like very, very well, and make fun of it. And th- th- I'm not even offended because they're doing it so well. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, and uh, it's really weird though. Nobody's ever met anyone here from Alaska, so it, they hear. Obviously, my very strange. Well, you guys don't hear it here. I try to clean up how I talk here because I know uh, many of you wouldn't understand me and I guess how I would normally speak. But it, it it's interesting. I guess it comes out more at the poker table. Uh, I get, maybe it's good to sound like a grifter. You don't want to go after that guy. And I guess maybe it sounds a little bit more akin to that. But the people are going, where are you from? Alaska. And they never met someone from there. And I was thinking, that's kind of odd, considering you would think they would transition really well to someone like here. And then I was thinking, why would they know each other? You know? Like, but, yeah, anyway, snow is amazing. Poker is amazing. Next game is amazing. Poker results, not so much, but whatever. Yeah. So, how you been, Barry? Well, I was, like, was going to say... Um, You've been playing poker in Montreal, and I've been playing in up in Aberdeen, and I think that's the part of Scotland that you're. I've spoke to your mum about before, isn't it? I'm sure it was. Yeah, Aberdeen. yeah. I think she she lived in Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went up there. I was playing a tournament up there. Um, two hundred and twenty-five pounds sterling buy-in, and I, uh, we went I, up on the train. I went with my fiance. We stayed up there in the hotel and stuff. And I said, you know, worst case. I burst out early, we have a good weekend together and that, and she's like, yeah, I'll come up anyway. She was doing some work herself on the on her laptop in the room and that. So I went, registered, going to this game, and it was the last day one, um, the Saturday, 4 p.m. start. Went in, 
playing around and it's like the table was just you know like when you go like the last tournament I played I was really lucky and um, the first table I had a good like chat with this guy and like I love talking you know when I'm playing live poker to me it's like if I'm right. playing live I want the interaction you know it's like I don't take headphones or anything like the last few times I played live I took nothing right um but this was just like the table was dead and then there was one guy like cracking and it was okay you know but it was the crack was pretty poor, you know, it, was, it wasn't <laughs> happening. And uh, anyway, like, we're going, I think it was, like, 51, you know, the blinds. It's like, first or second level, like, I can't remember. And this guy, like, uh, you know, 3x, like, 300, like, call, call, call. You know, comes to me in the small blind, I'm like, jack nine suit, yeah, call. And then the big blind goes like that, 10,000, right? <laughs> uh, 25k starting stack, and the blinds are 51. He makes it 10k in the big blind, like, like raise, call, 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 call. So it comes to this guy, and this guy gives him a total stare down for like two minutes, and I'm like, oh my god, please, like, don't do this. Like, the, the guy's in like his late 50s or whatever, you know, you're like, come on. Fold, 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 folds around to me, obviously, like, fold. Comes to the guy, and he takes his, like, whatever he's won, you know, like, 1,200 there, and he turns it over, like, just total proud aces, you know, and he's like, yeah, I, ha I had it. And I'm like, oh my god, like, this is just, that's why you want to play live. You know, it's like, the, guys, live, the guy's just making it 10k there with aces and the blinds are 51. So, um, anyway, like, I think what we'll do is we'll get into the questions. So, but my first one, uh, as everybody knows, they love a hand history from me. So, we're going to get into it by me talking about my exit hand. And it's not just a bad, it's not a bad beat. Everybody can relax. It's actually a situation that I think we talked about a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, about a sort of middle strength hand. We're kind of hoping it's a bad beat because you might tell the story right. But yeah, continue. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, so the blinds are 200, 400, and a 50. And I had like 18k uh, stats. Okay. Um, the hijack makes it 1,000. So, uh, <coughs> and mm -hmm. the, the button calls. He flat. Okay. The small blind, sort of guy, like, 50s, quite quite tight, aggressive. You know, he's not going to get out of line a lot of the times. Um, and he makes it 2,800. So he three-bets it to 2,800. Very now, small three-bet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've got pocket tens, okay, in the big uh. blind. In the big blind. And as I say, I've got, like, 18K. So I'm sitting thinking, and I'm thinking and thinking, um, and I'm... Uh, well, all right, but listen, that's not what happened. But I know, I know it's not. Well, here's the thing: Did you go uh when you mm, saw it? No, I didn't. I actually okay, saw. Okay, okay. Well, my mindset here was: I looked at the guy that three bet, and I thought he's also capable. The, the initial razor was quite active. The guy that flatted was a bit loosey goosey, like you know. I know, I know the guy's tight aggressive, but I know he's capable of three bet even like there to try and you know. I, uh, how, how, how do you know that? I played with him quite a bit, and I know he plays quite regularly as well in uh, a local. Have you casino. ever seen him three bet bluff? I've never seen him do it myself. Okay, no, okay, no, he's no. he's three bet uh, like a excuse me. Uh, that used to be called a sweetener. That that is not. A big three bet. That is very much a call me three bet. It is eighteen hundred more when there's five thousand in the pot right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let me see. Twenty two. Three point. There's more than five thousand. There's much more. It's 
Do you see that? Yeah. Do you see how? Do you see why that's worrying me so much? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're thinking. Like aces, right, whatever, right. right. This but is aces every I, I don't. Time. I don't want to really. Well, I don't want to really go into like, and I don't want to like. I almost feel like. To be fair, also, to I want to say this is your bust out hand. You shouldn't have told me that because now <laughs> I assume you ran into aces or kings. Well, so. I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't run into aces and kings at this juncture. Okay. okay. So. Okay. And I don't want to like Alex. Like I'm not. I'm a fish, right? So I, I know you are, Barry. But live, I'm not trying to be funny. I played so much more live. I actually, and whether I believe things, that I actually do think sometimes, like, you know, whether it's in the back of my head somewhere or someone I'm picking up with someone, you know, I'm going to talk about my Hellmuth reading ability here, Alex. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, like, I just didn't, I honestly, hand on heart, right, thought, this guy, the only, I thought I was ahead. Everything that was telling me, everything he did, the way he raised, whatever, the way he was sitting after, the way I felt with my hands, I wasn't worried about him. I was worried, like, am I really that unlucky that one of these really aggressive players are sitting, and they've just raised here with, like, fucking Queens, Kings, Aces. You know, that is genuinely... Right. I'm telling you right. clearly my thought process, so, to, to understand what I did. So, I actually started thinking, and I'm usually really, like, I never tank or anything live, or i usually right. quick, and sometimes too quick, probably, for my own good, Alex, right? But I sat there and I was really aware of I was taking long on this decision, right? And I thought yeah. to myself, like, I don't want a fucking four bet here, like, because, you know, I'm going to make it what? Like, you know, 7K or what? You know, it's like I've, I'm playing 18. Either like, way, when you time bank there, you have just weighted your range towards 10s and ace queen. So right. I, I, I'm just letting you know. I, well, I Ace queen suited. This, yeah, came but, through, this came through my mind. I said, I've tanked here. If I tank that long and then either make a fucking four bet or shove, does that look like, you know, I've Hollywooded and I'm sitting with aces or, or whatever, and it almost gives, I know I've got a mediocre hand, but you're like adding a little strength. And that flashed through my mind for the first time ever. Like I was like, I've tanked so long, and then if, right. I actually, if I actually do shove or four bet here, they're going to, oh, fucking Hollywood, like aces or kings. You know what I mean? Like, I just right. kind of like, it flashed through. Anyway... I was like, this is my thought process. I didn't want to forbear it because I was like, I'm putting it in and then I got to call it off, you know, because I'm not folding there once I forbear, you know, like. It's, right, right. Like, and I didn't want to fold, okay, because I thought it is, it's like you say, it's so small, it's so sweet, and I'm thinking, you know. I think you it, should just shove if you're going to play. That was there. it. So I, I didn't, Alex, right? And I, I, I just, I called, okay, I called. And okay, the, that that is the worst play you could have chosen. Right. Okay. Just so you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Continuing. So the uh, the original razor hijack, he obviously flats. I mean, it's you know, like you see. <laughs> and then the button not such a bad flat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then anyway. and then the button flats as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's, okay. it's four way, right? And it comes queen eight ten, of course. Okay. Oh, lordy, lordy. Uh, two spades. And the big blind, uh, sorry, small blind, so the guy that's three bet it, he just throws out 5k, like, into the three of us, you know? All in. And I'm all in, and the original razor folds, and the button fucking ships insta all in, and the small blind fucking tank folds, like, and he said, I had ace-king. The small blind said he had ace-king, okay? So, uh, okay. And uh, the fucking button had jack nine for the nuts. He flopped. <laughs> you know? And I don't hit a house, right? But the, my takeaways from that were really, when I walked away, I was like, 
with a mask there. I didn't want a four bit because I'm getting it in anyway. But the shove seemed so big to me in that situation live because I thought if I call here, I know those other two were going to fucking call for the. It was that type of table, right. that type of. And well, I, I was, okay, I that does call. help you call there. It. Yeah. Typically, my my general theory when it comes to poker tournaments is if you ever feel a sick feeling in the pit of your stomach, that doesn't mean you're unprofitable. It just means you're not very profitable and it's a very large investment. Mm. Good companies do not run themselves in this way. One of the dumbest business decisions ever was Coke doing new Coke. They just threw themselves at a new idea and they invested everything and the upside wasn't that terrific and the downside was pretty severe and yeah that that's why they had to switch back to classic coke so quick uh and poker tournaments are in a way a business growing competition you had a very iffy spot here which to be fair to you you did not commit all your chips on i would have folded yeah. To be perfectly honest, I, to the, I to the three bet straight away just fold. Yeah. I I don't. I'm not even going to tell you it's a great fold. I, I'm going to tell you I don't care. It, it doesn't fit in with my plan on how to play poker tournaments. I'm going to make. This is the thing I notice in poker tournaments now. You open from you open a three x from a twelve x stack. They'll flash you. Mm-hmm. They don't. They'll flash you from the big blind. They do not know what implied odds are. They do not know what real odds are they don't care they're just calling from the big blind now and if everybody's going to call my 3x raises from the big blind and check fold most of the time on the flop i'm not getting involved in these dumbass spots mm. i'm also if everybody's going to raise jack too suited from under the gun and flat my three bet i saw they were talking about this kid oh this guy's really good you know and he's got a backer and he's playing here all the time this clown opens 5-3 suited under the gun plus one, flats a three bet from one of the tighter players at the table, uh-huh. who's like under the gun plus three. I, and like, I, I'm in the three bet was a 3x or something. I'm sorry, I don't care how good you think you are at poker, you cannot raise 5-3 high from early position and flat a three bet and make it work long term. Uh-huh. I don't think Pat... Do you think Patrick Antonius could do that? No. Over the long term, do you think it's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And yet, these are the people you're dealing with in live poker now who are supposed to be the good players. If that's supposed to be the upper echelon, you're never going to get me to put in my chips here with 10s. Now, if you were playing with Phil Ivey, Eric Seidel, and Johnny Chan, by all means, just jam there and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. I don't think you're... Uh, uh, I gotta quit saying you know, uh, or right, or like. Those are my crutch words. But yes, you do need to realize you have a more pronounced skill edge here than you realize, and uh, than you are perceiving. You need to fold there, in my mind. Jacks would probably might be my cutoff. I don't even feel good about jamming jacks there. That's such a weird three bet. Now, if yeah. he made it three, here's the funny thing. If he made it 3.4K and he was 21 to 37 years old, I might jam nines mm, pr- mm, pretty efficiently. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah and, and this is the thing. These minute differences are all poker tournaments are. Yeah. This is because if you can differentiate between both situations here, that can be the difference between a bust out and a double up. Yeah. Uh, in, in depending on what situation it was. Now, the play I do not like is what you did, which was call, because you did not state a plan afterward. You didn't say, well, if the first raiser moves all in, I'm going to call. If the button moves all in, I'm going to call. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Instead, we were going... Now, you do save yourself a little bit, saying it's really likely to be a multi-way pot, but in my mind... You threw a bunch of chips in, in a pot where you're hoping there's going to be two callers, which means you're going to be out of position versus 66% of the players in the pot Mm -hmm. who are your opponents. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, does not seem as if it is a good idea for one-sixth of your stack. That that is a pretty severe percentage to put in without much of a plan. And tens does not flop all that well. Yeah. The majority of the time, there will be an overcard, and in a three, four-way pot, there is a very good chance someone will have that overcard, and you're going to be sitting there trying to figure it out, yeah. and I don't gamble on myself being able to figure that out, so I don't know why you would be thinking you could do it. Yeah, I so, think what yeah. I did is like what you say, I, I went the, I don't feel comfortable here, I don't really know what's, and rather than just going, I'm only in for 400 in the big blank fold. I sort right. of went, I went, I was in between that, I actually was thinking shoving, and I looked at my chips, and I count, and I was like, am I just fucking sticking these in here and dead, and like you say, like, am I just getting this wrong, and this is aces or kings, do you know what I mean, and it's like, right. uh, the guy's insta-snapping, and I'm going, holy shit, like, I just threw in 38 big blinds with like 10s there, like, that is so bad, you know, so I was like, rather than just fold, it was like, nah, I just don't like, fucking, yeah, and like you say, I sort of justified it going, I know as soon as I call you, this guy's calling and the button's calling, you know, and it's like, you know, and then it was weird because it was almost like, I know what you're saying about throwing the chips in, but it's like, I've almost then, well, I'm glad I didn't go all in then if one of them because they have got the, it was a horrible spot, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't know what I was doing, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. You know. Well, Barry, what I tell my students in that situation is, you are looking at the 10s and feeling as if these hand, this hand has a value. Mm-hmm. The hand has no value. The hand, given a certain situation, has value. Mm-hmm. To be fair, most of the time, 10s do have a certain value. They're a great hand to open from any position. You can 3-bet them in many instances. Many times you can 4-bet them all in and make a significant profit. Uh, you can call raises. They do generally have a value, but that assumes certain situations. Yeah. So 90% of those situations are going to be available to you. That does not mean 90% of the time you will find one of those situations when you look down at 10, that does not mean you look for it 100% hmm. of the time. If you do that, it's, uh, it, it, it's akin to... Uh, it, it, what would be a good example? It's trying it, it, to say, like, one size fits all. Like, how would you play poker right. or whatever. And to be, it, to be fair, a lot of the poker literature at the beginning had these hard and fast rules. I do not three-bet bluff. I remember one time there was a kid. He was 
quite taken with himself, so I won't use his name here. I raised the button. He three bets from 29x. Uh, I made it something, I think back then I was raising to 2x. He made it 5.5x. I jammed uh, with, uh, fun- funnily enough, I think it was 10s. Uh, he called me with a seven offsuit. Mm. And I said to a buddy of mine, hey, your buddy is the champ, right? Because he won the pot. And then uh, he wrote, you know, he sent that to his buddy because he thought it would be funny because those were the type of people that were around poker when I was 20 years old Mm -hmm. that would copy and paste a private message. And the guy wrote back, I don't free that bluff with less than 30 big blinds. He should know that. And, you know, that was poker for a very long time. It was these hard and fast rules. And if they worked for certain people, you just assume they worked always, not realizing they had uh, 90 psychophants or sycophants or however you pronounce it, Mm -hmm. who, who had not experienced that kind of success. And there are still, there's very few relics of this age, but they do still exist. And that was why I made why Pisagno is right, just to show, look, you can deviate from every rule in the book if you know what you're doing. It doesn't mean you should do it 90% of the time, 50% of the time, 30% of the time, or even 10% of the time, but you should do it on occasion. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, that's never in your range. And also part of that is making full... There is a very good chance if we entered the ranges there with 10s, you have a very slight profit. Who cares? Hmm. To me, it's a very very high-risk, low-reward. I I do not believe that makes a great tournament player. If you watch Daniel Negreanu, Phil Hellmuth, Jason Mercier, uh, trying to think of who else I really... Eric Seidel, I, I see a real focus on... Low risk, low reward. Low risk, low reward. Protect the stack. Stack mm-hmm. retention. Tournament life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Ivey just goes for it every time he thinks he sees a profit. No holding bracelets. Why is that? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, he's got one WPT win out of seven final tables. Now, obviously, seven final tables is pretty monstrous. but And perhaps that's not the greatest example, but it's the one I have that everybody knows. Yeah, because we all know Phil Ivey is a better poker player than pretty much anyone. Mm-hmm. He's got the look. He's he's got the game. We've seen him do things at a poker table that others would only dream of doing, and yet in poker tournaments he has floundered. Mm-hmm. And there is a reason for that. And I, I do believe it's the high risk, low reward plays because while that makes a great cash game player, because the cash game player has to keep making it expensive and just chase you know, ev and it's like yeah. exactly and no i only want to run it once mm-hmm. uh i i want creating fold equity through financial pressure that is probably how phil ivy got the reported 10 million dollar years that daniel negrano would speak of yeah and cash games it probably when he plays tournaments he's just having a good time mm-hmm. and yeah it's uh uh, well, that's the end of my spiel. Well, I think subconsciously I just wanted to get back to the hotel and go for a <laughs> girlfriend and have to. Yeah. <laughs> I blame him. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, it's, kind, all right. it's kind of weird traveling with the girlfriend, fiance to a poker tournament, right? Or am I the only one who thinks that? Yeah, well, it wasn't the plan originally, and then it was like, oh, well, I'm going up anyway. Do you want to come? Like, let's go. And, you know, it was. 
it was fine and it was. Oh, good. that's cool. Yeah. Did she? Yeah. Did she like go shopping? When no, you were... no, 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 no. She's very, wow, that's very low man. Sexist we, thing I've ever said, but we, uh, no. We just what, had, what did she what do? Did we do? I, I bought her a new lipstick. Uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a it was a fifteen pound uh, fifty pence lipstick. I can actually believe the price of it. But uh, <laughs> and I got my sister one as well for looking after my cat. And some like Mac lipstick, some brand that like girls like whatever. And um, what did we do? We went for lots of nice food and drinks. We had lots of cocktails and stuff. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, but no, I totally. It's it's just always. It's easier away from the table when even myself look back. Like you say, the situation, the tournament I played previously, that final table, the live one. It was a really aggressive Chinese guy. Uh, he raised uh, cut off, button flatted. And then the small blind three bit, and I had ace queen in the big blind, and I shoved twenty five big blinds with ace queen, and it was you know they all folded. It was like, yeah, that's yeah. not the guy in his fifties three bet, and with because exactly. let's be honest, he, he still had his he said he had ace king, he didn't show ace king, but he still has right. ace king. So even if he calls there, I'm flipping. It's a coin flip at best, you know. So yeah, right. fold fold the tens in the small and the big blind. It's it is. I know right. it. I know it, but I didn't right. do it, Alex. That's what makes the difference. Knowing it and, and doing it. You know. So, what I mean? hey, hey, man. I I have a post on Facebook right now called Poker Philosophy One Hundred and One. I suggest. I, I was I read it and I was going to actually copy and paste it as a separate blog post because I actually think it was amazing what you wrote. I read. I've already. Thank read you. It. Yeah, I've already read it. Why don't, so, you, why don't you why don't you post it in the one outer group and we'll discuss it for the yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to post it and see what I'll uh, post it in the Facebook group and I'll probably post it in the show notes of this as well. Um, All right, cool. It, there is I'll a on pokeredrush.com. It is up there, but right, at the same the time, no, I can post it has a weird formatting because it got converted over from Facebook. I wrote that in. I, I was going to say 20 minutes. Maybe it was longer because I was enjoying myself, but it felt as if it took no time at all. Mm-hmm. I was so happy to be playing poker again in the tundra out here of Siberia. So, it's yeah, like anyway. What's it called? The auto-writing, you know, when, like, a spirit takes over someone's hand and they just write shit. That was... Right, right. You know, I can't exactly. remember the name for it, but it's, like, something auto-handwriting. You know, they do it on all these crazy, like, shows where they're trying to, like... Uh, paranormal okay. activity stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah, whoever possessed. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into the questions. Um, I'd say this is quite this is funny. We'll go straight with this one. It's from Marius or Marius. Marius, I'm assuming it is. Um, hello, I would like to ask her help with playing live. More paying attention live. We obviously do not have a HUD. So what are the key things I should look, be looking for from my opponents when playing live? What are critical? I was thinking three bets and opens, but if we have never played with these players before, they may just be a, they may just be on a run of car- great cards. Are there any great tells you can give away for free that are good? Well, I, I was trying to teach this to Dennis uh, when we were at the same table. I, w- I was telling him, look, this is what I see. Tell me if you see this. Uh, the first thing I see is what do people open with? What do people call with? What do people three bet with? If there's ever a showdown and you don't know what happened, that's a pretty bad sign. Uh, if you ever, if a guy ever checks back a flop or a turn, 
on the river and on the river he tables one pair and you didn't see that that's a bad sign because th- these are what's going to help you the most is showdowns are pretty interesting how often a guy lets a flop go if you ever see a guy check fold a flop that's a really that's a good sign to not try any trickery post flop because this is someone who needs a bit of a hand to do something uh-huh. uh maybe you can flap them a little wider and try to take it from them post flop if you'd like uh, but generally what I'm looking for is do people pot control. And if people pot control, that allows me to know if we're in a pot, let's say a couple situations come up, they raise, everybody folds, I call from the big blind, and the board comes, let's say, ten of diamonds, eight of diamonds, two of clubs, I check, they bet. Well, they're, they're kind of in tr- – they are in trouble now. They're not kind of in trouble. They are in trouble because – if they have shown themselves to be a pot controller, that means they would check a variety of 10s and 8s here. Maybe not 100% of the time, but if it's 40% of the time, this is really thrown off their ratio because they're probably betting every time they miss, and they're not betting all the times they hit, which means the majority of holdings they have here when they see that are just nothing. So you can click the call button with a mediocre pair, especially if you see the person doesn't have much game on the Turner River. You can turn your hand into a bluff right there and freeze them out if you would like to do that. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, that, That's that's always an interesting play to me. If somebody raises and flats, if if you see somebody raise really wide from a certain position and then flat a three bet, that, that, that guy's your money maker. That, because if you have king, let's say, you know, not, you know, let's say, Somebody opens from early position as the kid who had the 5-3 suited the other day. If you have king-jack offsuit, that is 90% of the time a full to an under-the-gun raise. Versus this person, it is a crush him for three streets hand. That is a big adjustment. You three-bet that person. If the board comes jack high, you're going for three streets. You will go for three streets. And if they... Check call you on the flop. Let's say the flop comes 10-8-6, right? And you have the backdoor flush draw. Let's do a better board, 8-6-4. You ch- he checks, you bet, he calls. The hand's not over. Uh, the kinger of the jack is a pretty safe over card because he's probably not opening that many king sixes. Uh, maybe some jack eights, but not not that many of them, as opposed to if the turn was an ace and you had ace-queen, many times you've just run into a two-pair, Yeah. whereas the king or the jack is pretty safe. If you turn the... The other thing is if they check-call you on that board, you find out that their range is capped. And if their range is capped, you, you have the decision, would I like to triple barrel here? Do I feel this is somebody who will give up one pair by the river? And by capped, I mean it's very difficult for them to have a very strong combination. Perhaps the best hand they could have is pocket tens. Uh, generally, they would have four-bet preflop with a bigger pair. Generally, they would have, uh, they would have uh, check-raised on the flop with a set, uh, two pairs, something akin to that. Uh, by the way, I had a very interesting spot yesterday in the tournament. Well, anyway, I I hope this gives you an idea of what you can look for before I guide this conversation differently. Where where you can apply the three-bet semi-bluffs more, where you can check-raise more, 
Uh, stuff akin to that, it, it really has to do with what the person opens, what the person checks back on the flop. If you can start with that, I find you'll be able to make much better plays at the table. Uh, I, I think that's the that's not the 80-20, that's the 90-10, if you can focus on that stuff. And uh, what I was going to say is don't expect to see this every time you play. I played all day in the WPT. I didn't get to three bet semi bluff once. I didn't get to three bet for value once. Uh, I didn't get to check raise anyone once. I, I didn't get to do any of that. Don't make it, let the game come to you. Don't try to make something happen. That's really likely to get you into a ton of trouble. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't come. And other days you do get to bluff people. You do get to have fun. But it, it generally, I think Dennis can tell you, I, I, he was probably very surprised by how tight I play in live poker. Because if everybody at the table is just a gangster, you don't need more than a couple hands. If you get the king-queen offsuit and, you know, uh, it, the new Gus Hansen raises, raise calls 5-3 suited <laughs> under the gun, uh, <laughs> The new one, yeah, the new one. Uh, you're going to, you're going to make some money off of just a few hands. Hmm. It, it was really interesting, Barry. I didn't get a spot yesterday. I had the board come. Essentially, one guy limped in. Uh, oh no, he, 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 crap! Did he limp in? No, he did limp in. Another guy called. It came around to me. I checked five, seven of diamonds in the big blind. The board came jack, four, six. Uh, so I have the open-ended straight draw. I lead out because I prefer leading here many t Obviously, 20% of the time here, you have to check call. If you have a shorter stack, you have to check jam. But I had some chips, so I decided to lead 75% of the pot. The gentleman calls to my left who limped in under the gun. Younger guy, younger guys don't like to limp aces and kings nearly as much. Uh, the other players fold. Uh, the turn bricks, but it puts a flush draw on the board. I bet he calls. The river completes the flush draw, and it's an ace. What do you do, Barry? Um, give me more details. Uh, kind of a squeamish kid, local kid. It's pretty basic, right? You have to, well, you have to but fire I, again. Yeah, you have to I, fire again. Yeah. You, you were afraid to say that, right? No, no, I was just thinking, like, in case, like we're saying, if it's an aggressive guy, whatever, and you're going to, yeah. I would say right, I, I see would, what you're saying. When you said stacks as well, I was like, when you said if you have a shorter stack, or, you know, like, you have to check raise all right. the open-ender. So I'm saying if you've not got much left, then put it in, or bet, whatever is, you know. Right, right, yeah. And essentially, it was really funny because I bet he called really quickly at Ace Jack, and I think this was the first time in my life I had zero emotion, hmm. just zero. I, I had never had any time I got caught triple barrel bluffing before. I turned. By the way, that was my only play the entire day, uh, other than my Ace Queen call down. Uh, I liked the play because. I can't clearly have a miss. If there was a miss flusher out there, that's really bad for me to bluff uh, versus a young guy because young guys are full of piss and testosterone and always want to put you on this flush draw. <laughs> yeah, and then, well, the top of his range is a jack. 
right? The Jack just ran it into the ace, and it's a huge bet on the river. Furthermore, that's the top of his range. There's no reason he couldn't have called with sevens, eights, nines, tens again, or a uh, six, right? Six, five, or something like that. Obviously, if he has ace, six, or ace, jack, he's calling me. But yeah, I bet really quickly. I got called. I, I tabled my hand. He, he got the chips. I said, nice hand. And it's really funny. I lost most of my chips on that hand, and I felt very proud. I felt very relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I'd run the numbers, it probably would have been a bad idea to check. By the way, it's not that profitable to bet, but when you consider how much you're forfeiting by checking there, it makes it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, which and it also it makes your game much more it makes your game much more hard, it, much more difficult to penetrate. Because the biggest criticism I have of players these days is that flop, that turn, nothing on the river. That flop, that turn, nothing on the river. I even texted Dennis at one point. We had a couple hands in a row, and I said, Dennis, did you notice how in both of these hands, if they had done anything other besides betting flop, betting turn, checking river, they would have made more money? Did you, if the guy had triple barreled, they would have made more money. If they just given up on the flop, they would have made more money. If they gave up pre-flop, yeah, anything else would have been better. And I do believe that's because people have begun to regulate themselves, and they notice people fire the turn too much, and they don't fire the river too much. So if a backdoor flush draw comes in and an overcard, I, I do have to lead. I, I do have to bet. Now, there's not too many combinations in my range, but th- these are the combos that make sense in my range. Jack six suited, jack four suited, five seven, uh, tr- five three, and a set. A set of sixes, a set of fours. Most of those combos are the the ones that are triple barreling are the value combinations, and many people give up with the five seven or five three or don't even donk lead it in the first place. So I thought my line made a ton of sense for value. And, you know, I ran into a hand. He had to call. I, I don't fault his call. He looked very sick about calling there. Like, all right, buddy, let's see your, let's see your set, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I like your hand. <laughs> it's uh, it's seven I, sir. Nice call. But, uh, yeah, poker's amazing. Not going to lie. Okay. And I just have to give a shout out to that guy that emailed me. I just read the email not long before coming on today, and uh, dear brothers, I'm not going to read the whole email out because we're going. I need to look into it more. But just a, a, a shout out to this guy, uh, Polk Rockies, calling himself uh, from Turkey. The guy's like a father of two, a middle-aged father, family man with a day job and stuff. Do you know what? Wow. He's do, do you know what he's done, Alex? He's created what? some file with like he's categorized and indexed all our shows we've done together, the Ask Alex ones, and made like a searchable function so people can search topics and stuff. This is what I'm get, gaining from just briefly reading the email because it's quite a big email. I need to what? read that more. But I'm like, this guy has took the time. Yeah, it was like, I've read all Alex's articles on Pocket Fives and Poker Head Rush. Um, I just felt good to give something back for all the great stuff you both have shared so far. Uh, however, I feel like I miss out on a lot of free stuff. By starting from early podcasts, maybe I should run it from one two two to backwards. He started early, but he's he's created because I've put like little bullet points in each episode. I'm assuming he's taken all this information and he's created like a searchable PDF so people can search like a topic and see what episode it's in or something. I like. Wow. I know, I know. I need to read through it and click into his PDF. 
Otherwise, it's some guy that's trying to get like a virus to me or something. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, uh, no. The, the, guy, the guy is like really into it, and he, it's amazing. Yeah, he's just saying he was on episode ten and counting. Now I'm at twenty three. Um, he's been playing poker on and off for more than fifteen years and stuff. So, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, and like, buddy, I'll I'll tell you something. If you finish this project, I'm not going to give you anything unless you finish. If you finish this, I will give you every single webinar I have. That is a $2,000 value wow. because that will be an incredible resource for everybody. And honestly, it would probably cost me that much to do on my own anyway. And I would like to reward you for your efforts. So, yeah. Let, yeah. And he's probably – how many hours of work is that going to be, Barry? Oh, I, like, I mean, well – Put it this way, you're going to have to go in. I don't even know how he's done it, really. Whether he's went in every blog post, copied all the uh, bullet points of what each you know topic is. Like, today wow. we discuss such and such. And then, obviously, he's got to create search tags. I, I don't know. I, I've not even... I'm going to look into the... I've got it on my phone. I've only read the email on my phone. There is an attached PDF. So I've got to look into it and see what he's done and like read through it properly. But... I'll update everyone on the next show, like, what it is. And if it's something that's, you know, obviously I'll put it up on the site, and if it's going to be, you know, people can use that to to, to look in. And yeah, find yeah. Out. It's, it's hard to get in touch with know? me. Yeah, yeah, I will. I definitely will. Um, so that was one thing I definitely wanted to mention today. Um, that is all the time we've got for questions for today. Um, well, I gotta I gotta shout out someone before we wrap up, okay? Okay. Uh, shout out to Dennis Peterson. I don't, I cannot tell you how cool this guy is in real life. I, I it strikes people very strange as I just I said, oh yeah, my Canadian buddy and I. And it, have you ever met him? And I said no, but we've we've talked on Skype quite a bit. But this dude handled all the Airbnb. Uh, he took care of all the snow. Uh, he gets, he's driven us everywhere. He's a, he's a kid in a candy store at the poker room. So you can tell, I love being around that because it makes me happy to do it again. He drove us through a blizzard to get us some poutine. Uh, this guy is, by the way, the guy's got stories for days about, uh, about Canada, about, his job, which is actually very interesting. By the way, he's not a truck driver. He, I, I'll let him t tell you his job if he ever wants, but he works with, uh, he actually has a higher ranking job than that. I, I think I said when I was retelling the story, you know, he's a truck driver because I thought that would imply to everybody he's not a poker player. But yeah, anywho, if you're thinking about professions that would be funnier to make fun of him with. <laughs> I think that's about it, right? And, uh, yeah, but the guy's taking care of everything, picked me up at the airport. Uh, big salute to him. Really, really appreciate it. And I want to thank you guys. Pretty much wherever I go on Earth now, I meet some of you, and you guys are kind enough to – you guys bring homemade dishes and say hi, and all of you are so kind. I, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. To, uh, Jim Cook, shout out to him. He said hi to me in the card room. In Montreal, he's a listener. Thank you very much. That was right. I'm sorry if I seemed a little absent-minded. I was. Uh, that was right after we got accused of uh, colluding, and I've never had an accusation like that lobbed at me in my entire career. So I was very flustered. But it was really nice to see you. 
Uh, thank you guys so much for saying I always say I if you see me. I really appreciate all of you. I I have probably the best life of anybody I know, uh, regardless of whatever money I'm making at the current time, and that's all because of you guys. So thank you very much. God bless. I really appreciate it. Now, Barry, take us out of here. Dennis is also a great friend of the show, and he provided the extra free copy of Alex's book that ended up going to Nancy Johnson, the listener, as well. So he, he is a great guy, Dennis. And um, I don't add many people on Facebook now, but Dennis added me recently, and it's great. And my fiance is at, she was born in Canada and left the country when she was three or four. Oh, wow. She, she's actually going back this year at some point. She may be going on her own for the, the first trip, but it's definitely someplace we will be going together as well. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely try and meet up with Dennis when I do make it to Canada as well. Um, uh, he's a, he is a good guy. He's always emailing him with great questions and great uh, great support and stuff as well. Um, yeah. We've got great listeners. I mean, like that guy, like this, he just got in touch recently and he's went and done this. Like, I'm going to look into it and... Um, yeah, I mean, that's so cool. Well, and even Carlos Welch we always bring up, but Carlos Welch is taking care of my dogs right now. For yeah, I saw the picture. <laughs> yeah, and Andrew Brokos is uh, obviously sleeping in my master bedroom with his girl. But it, it's a uh, it, well, it, Carlos, he, he, he's still paying rent, so he he uh, he's just taking care of the dogs out of pretty much the kindness of his heart and. I said, here, let me take care of some things for doing that. And he said, whatever you feel comfortable with. You know, he, he didn't go, yeah. you. Oh. He would have totally been within his rights to say, yes, if you left the dogs at a doggy hotel for this length of time, they would have gotten much worse treatment, much less love, and it would have cost $800, $1,000 or whatever ungodly amount they charge in the United States. Guys, just, yeah, you know, uh, I know you'll get me back. Don't worry about it. And I just I love having friends like that. I, I feel I feel like we're part of a team now, and everybody's pushing me forward, and I get to push you guys too. That's an amazing feeling. Yeah, and that's what the show's about as well. Yes, um, sir. And now I'm playing poker in that as well. And Alex loves poker again. It's not the I hate poker program. It is. I the, know. <laughs> it is the we love poker program, and I'm like I'm back on the horse as well, you know. And I will fold yeah. those tens next time. I'm learning again. Well, know, this is um, poker therapy, Barry. We got through it. We yeah, got through that's it. <laughs> We've we had a great relationship. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Alex. How can people get in touch with you for? Upbeat Poker News and all your webinars and products and all the great stuff that you bring out and offer people. Well, if you guys would like to sign up for my newsletter where if you guys enjoy my articles or posts, uh, I would highly recommend you go to PokerHeadRush.com and sign up for my newsletter. And I send it out pretty much whenever I feel like it. But I do write quite a few articles just about what, what I think is actually important in poker, which... We do some strategy stuff uh, on the America's Card Room blog. There's a lot more strategy uh, things. What I try to give you with the newsletter is either really deep strategy or very much the game behind the game. The, like how, how do you become a how do you become a very serious amateur or great uh, semi pro or pro? And uh, you can sign up for that at PokerEdRush.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Assassinato. Write me at Alex at PokerEdRush.com. If you have any questions about any of our products or services, uh, our personal coaching, uh, it looks as if 
we can get some more lessons in over the next cut. It looks as if I'm off for a few weeks. And by off, I mean I'm just not traveling for poker. So I, I'm going to be hunkering down, preparing for my next battle in Fresno. So there's going to be a ton of uh, poker coaching. So if you guys want to get your lessons in, now would be the time. Write me at alexatpokerandrush.com. Go to America's Card Room's blog. Uh, just Google it. Go to the strategy section. You'll see 50 articles by me. Give, give it a view. Give it. Let America's Card Room know that but we we appreciate them paying us. We, we would like that. Uh, post it on Twitter. At you know, tweet at them. Love this article it, because I know you guys will love them. I put my heart and soul into them. Uh, tweet them, let us know you like it, post it on Facebook, all that good stuff. You guys don't, that's a great thing. We, uh, you don't need to pay one dollar, one red cent, uh, to help us. All you gotta do is tweet, share. If you can share the stuff, that really helps. A like doesn't do a ton, but yeah. sharing does a lot. Sharing does a lot. So share the podcast, share the articles. Uh, and yeah, come say hi if you see me here in Montreal. I'm here for a few more days. Share the love. Spread the love. Share the love. Um, okay, keep your questions coming in for Alex. Questions at oneouter.com. Email or alternatively, rather, uh, tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and until next week, uh, good luck if you're playing live, and remember and enjoy it as much as me and Alex are enjoying it just now, even when we're busting out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speak soon, and see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.